Welcome to Women Worth Knowing, the radio program and podcast hosted by Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. Hello there, listeners. It's our endeavor each week to bring you a different woman from either history or who is alive today whose stories are fascinating. Some of these women we introduced to you were missionaries, others musicians, sometimes reformers, authors, wives, mothers, single women, but their stories serve as examples to all of us, and they're so inspirational. That's why we do this, isn't it, Robin? We love doing this. Me too, and these women are just endeared to us. They are. You know, whether we're reading about them or we have them in studio, these stories just come alive. And I hope they're coming alive to you too, dear, dear listener. So today is no exception. Last week, Robin was thrilling us with part one of the story of Mary Moffat, who was the wife of David Livingston. She grew up in South Africa. Her parents were missionaries. She knew the language really well. She married David after a prolonged courtship of 10 months. Isn't that so long? (laughs) No. But she had been his caretaker after his arm had been severed and broken by a lion. And then she wanted to be with him, um, go on his adventures. And as you know, David was adventuresome. But she served not only as his companion, his cohort, uh, the mother of his children, but also his interpreter, his translator. Um, And again, she knew the culture. So she was really an asset to David. We did talk about how after her Uh, third child. She became pregnant again while they were serving. They had to travel over the desert. She lost that fourth child. Her mother wrote a book saying, David, you know, how could you do this to my daughter? You know, have mercy. And she was right at that time in her life where she had to make a choice. Do I return to my parents who are still serving in Africa Mm -hmm. or do I stay with my husband? So this was, we kind of ended the program on a cliffhanger, like what choice is she going to make? And this is an incredible choice because she's thinking about the welfare of her children. Oh, yeah. She's thinking about serving her husband because she has been this incredible asset or honoring her her mother. I mean, that is a dilemma. And her choice was to go with her husband a second time (laughs) across the Kalahari Desert, 1,500 miles. Of desert. Uh With their children. Mm -hmm. And when they set out she found out she was pregnant again. So this would be the fifth child because the fourth one had died at the end of the last journey. And she had said that she only wanted her husband to deliver her children, so she was going to go with him. (laughs) Sort of a, this is what we do. He's the best doctor I've ever known. (laughs) It's true. And so when they had gone on um, earlier in their explorations, looking for a great location for a mission station, uh, Livingston found, and of course I'm putting this in quotes, that he f- he found Lake Nagami, which really looked like this could be a good stable place. So let's return there. So the second trip into the Kalahari was to find that. Kalahari would be base, mostly Botswana today and into the Congo and that, that deep, mysterious heart of Africa that just called to him. When they were there and her, her child was born, now the the fifth child, fourth living child, 
Um, Livingston left her and the children and some assistants by the mouth of the river, and then he went on 100 miles more to do further exploration. And I mean, imagine, she wouldn't know, is he going to come back? Where is he going? We can't even send anyone to go find him. She would never know Mm -hmm. until he returned, right? So the courage it took, and malaria was bad. She also became partially paralyzed Mm. in the midst of all this. Um, still able to to function and speak, but there was some malady that stayed with her the rest of her life. Mm. So after they returned from that trip, and the baby was born, you know, as I said, in the desert on their way, then it was decided that they really needed, he needed to take a proper long enough journey to Established chart, get it, it just takes so long. Mm-hmm. And so the decision was made that um, she would stay. Oh, no, no, this is where she, okay, I'm just going to give us the year to give us this point of reference. So it's 1852. It gives us a point of reference mm-hmm. in what else was going on mm-hmm. in the world in history at that time. They've been married seven years, mm-hmm. they've had five children. And what's really calling to Livingston was that on his previous travels, he kept hearing about this um, at the Zambezi River, where he had found the headwaters for that, but he kept hearing about Mosi Oa Tunya, which means the smoke that thunders, Mm. and his hunger grew, and that's what he later came upon and called Victoria Falls. Mm. So this mysterious place he wanted to go see, but in the seventh year of their marriage then, he needed this trip to be two years long. Mm -hmm. All right, let's just pause for one second. Because when you think in seven years, she has crossed that desert twice. Unbelievable. And she's already given birth five times in seven years. Those children are very close together. And that's, she spent the majority of their marriage pregnant or with a newborn. She's barely 30. And this is just 30 years old. And this is Africa. And this is yes. this is not sanitary conditions. This is and because they're not even in villages, they oh. are making their own right. settlements. And she has this desire to create a settlement and kind of settle into the settlement. And that has not happened with this adventure that she married. Right. Because her plan was she was going to be a teacher. She was going to be in one place like her parents had been and raise her children and Mm-hmm. And get to know the neighbors. The right. Yes, <laughs> have a garden. Right. So this was the plan then for him to have a two-year trek. Um, he, he wanted to follow the Zambezi River because it flows east and it goes all the way to the Indian Ocean. His goal was to find a trade route so that it would be possible for there to be an elimination of the slave market that was so rampant in that especially drawing people from that part of Africa and to establish industry. So his desire then is to protect his family, which is good, and he sends Mary and their four children to Scotland to get to live with his parents because this is what he wrote. I, I'm guessing this was to the London Missionary Society. Traveling across a desert with small children, not enough water, no fruit or vegetables, and sickness owing to malaria— is unsustainable. And that's true. <laughs> He's right. Well, we agree. So yes. she gets to Scotland, long journey, little children. All by all herself. Under right. under mm-hmm. six years old by herself. Mm-hmm. And it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. 
is this the first time she's met the in-laws? Are they not really crazy about her? I, it's just there's not a lot said. But uh, Well, remember, she's second culture, too. Exactly. So she's coming from the warmth of Africa, a whole different climate, um, to a cold. And England is one thing, but Scotland is colder. Yes, I have never is. been as cold anywhere as I have been in Scotland. And this I think is, I can say that, too. It's it, so true. It's so cold. And a wet kind of cold that uh, shivers your bones. It goes right down to the marrow. Yeah. And the interesting thing, too, is that we have today, you know, we have our puffers. We have our insulated jackets. <laughs> yeah. And I was wearing, I think, five layers. And I felt oh, that I cold it. whip through me. And that was Edinburgh. And yep. it is cold. And so Mary Moffat coming from the jungles where, you know, barefoot sandals, now they have to put on these heavy boots, heavy socks. And it is, you know, Scotland is cold nine months out of the year, Mm -hmm. at least. And she has no money. They really don't have any money. And And they don't have a lot of support. Right. Right. Because the the reports they want to hear are the number of converts. Well, we had one, but he kind of backslid. You know, they don't have much to say. What's your husband right. doing? Right. He's crazy about this river. He wants to find the source of the Nile, and he's trying to find a trade road. It's just not mm-hmm. what it, they weren't well received. But this, I love this because um, she ended up in England's Lake District, which is mm. so beautiful. Love that. Love idea. it there, and she was able to come under the roof of Charles and Susanna Brainwaith. These were Quakers who supported the London Missionary Society, but they took uh, fondness to her and her children and Mm -hmm. took her in. And remember, this trip, originally Livingston said, I need 18 months, but then he said, I really need two years to go explore. It took him four and a half years before he returned to his wife and children. Well, you think about this too, and that could have been part of the problem for little ones at an older couple's house in Scotland. Oh yes, and and his parents were impoverished to begin with, mm-hmm. so there right. weren't a lot All of these resources to mm-hmm, yeah. feed. But the Lake District yeah. is so idyllic for children. Oh, it is. You can just beautiful imagine. Interesting how many missionaries have come out of the Lake District too, and artists and mm-hmm. writers. Lilius Trotter, yes, and um, that's where Amy Carmichael had gone to the Keswick Convention, which is yes. Yes. was famous for uh, kind of producing. And equipping missionaries with support. Right. So this is now 1856 when Livingston returns. And he has been, his notoriety has been building up by explorers and the British Geographical Society. I think that's what it's called. And so during, at his arrival, he has his missionary travels, which are all his journals, and he goes to a traditional publisher to have them published. He doesn't go to the mission society, but he has them published. And suddenly, within a very short time, he's a rock star. Mm-hmm. Everyone wants to know about this man who's arm was chomped into by a lion and who's been traveling and what is this you know this water what was what did they call it that the smokes right the, um the smoke that thunders and and, and there's just, a lot of curiosity in oh. england about africa and the yes. continent and i think because the life in africa is so different the continent is so different it's mysterious and anyone who you know Boys just want to go there and have an adventure. Oh, adventure, adventure. Mm-hmm. right. And he's living it. He's, mm-hmm. So there's 
the really good thing is that there's money coming in from the publication. And then he also begins to go under fire from scientific and explorer circles, but then also from the mission circles, because it doesn't really fit anywhere mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. He h- has opportunities to meet with Queen Victoria, mm-hmm. and he um, is offered from the Royal Geographical Society of Britain to go on another really big trip down the Zambezi River, and this time they're going to fund it. They're going to send the proper kind of flatboats. They're going to get enough money to do all this. And so when he decides that he's going to do that, he has to leave the London Missionary Society, and then he is really funded by the government and by these explorer interest groups, but one of the main things they want him to come back with, and they're sending six specialist officers with him, is to give reports of where are the diamonds mm-hmm. and the rubber and the ivory. Resources. And there mm-hmm. you go. Yep. So uh, there was a big send-off dinner, and this was part of his speech. It is scarcely fair to ask a man to praise his own wife. But I can say that when I parted from her at the Cape, telling her that I should return in two years, and when it happened that I was absent absent four years and a half, I supposed that I should appear before her with a damaged character. I was, however, forgiven. My wife, who has always been the main spoke in my wheel, will accompany me on this expedition and will be most useful to me. She is familiar with the languages of South Africa. She is able to work. She is willing to endure. And she well knows that in that country, one must put one's hand to everything. In the country to which I am about to proceed, she knows that at the missionary station, the wife must be the maid of all work within, while the husband must be the jack of all trades without. And glad am I indeed that I am to be accompanied by my guardian angel. Mm. They were a team. They were a team. For certain. And, you know, something that we didn't mention is, uh, you know, we talked about lions. We talked about the, you know, the Tsetse fly. We talked about the um, malaria mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. But in those rivers are also hippopotamus. Oh, and crocodiles. Crocodiles. All it's sorts all of, of snakes. There are so many all of it. dangers yeah. just in the rivers and close to the rivers. So Lions. What, what they're doing. <laughs> yes, lions. This is no um, easy feat. This is no um, safe. This is not safe. Not no. safe for Mary. Not safe for um Well, just think how extraordinary David. a woman during mm-hmm. Victorian England to be, yep, and she's coming with me because she's yes. really an asset. That's right. But for four years, she I think she only received like one or two missives right. that told her he was even alive right. because it was hard for him to get a letter out. So, I mean, that is something else, just the waiting. All right. There's something else to say about during those four and a half years. Of all the sources I went through, there was one that said that she was given to more drink than was necessary during that time. I had heard that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's like Jasmine used to say, we, we tell these stories warts and all. Yes. But the other uh, um, stories were just saying that it was a very difficult time for her and how much her health had failed and how difficult it was when before the money came in from his popularity that um, she could not pay for medical care for herself or her children. So, And there's um, no aspirin. 
there's no there's no, no. painkillers in those and days. Who knows? One note said it's possible that the attending physician suggested a yep. little tipple of sherry will take away, that and then be. pretty soon, or like laudanum was such a problem because that was the painkiller, right? Or so, I I met a, a Scottish woman one time. And I was mentioning something about Hag and Hag Scotch because uh, Brian's family is related to that. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, it's medicinal, you know, yes. it's medicinal. And yeah. I thought that's how they looked at whiskey yep. which, or scotch. And sure. you know, we're like, wow. But they saw it as Take the chill medicinal. Off the bones. Exactly. Medicinal. Oof. Medicine. So off they go, this big entourage with this big exploration. It's all the... All the rage. Everyone wants to hear about what's going to happen. And when uh, they're on their way, she became pregnant again on their journey Surprise. to Cape Town. I think they liked each other. Let's just. <laughs> <laughs> and so instead of tra- starting off on the trek with him, she went to her parents in the uh, Kuruman district was where their mission station was. And she gave birth to her sixth child, Anna Marie. Uh, I'm sorry, Anna Mary. And um, I think I mentioned earlier, Anna Mary lived to be 81 years old. Just That's crazy. Remarkable. You didn't mention but that. But we, we will get to that. That was the children. to me privately yes, in yes. between. That was so fun. I know. I have to tell everybody else. Cause That's right. I tell you. Um, so after Anna Mary was born, she had left some of her older children in England, and she went back there in order to be with them. Um, again, it didn't go very well. And it was during that time when it was reported that she... Um, drank more frequently than would be expected. So it, it, her letters to her husband tell of much spiritual darkness that she was going through, but his replies were the very soul of tenderness and Christian earnestness. Mm. Not a lot of communication. It, the, the four and a half years and the now she's on her way, but she can't go on the journey with them because she's gone to her parents, she's had another baby, and now she's gone back to Great Britain. Which is not So her, much travel. Right, not a culture that she completely fits in to right. or ever will. Plus, you know, think about living most of your life in the sun, and now in, in Britain they have discovered, you know, um, the sun deficit syndrome, and, mm-hmm. and that causes severe oh, the depression. depression. Sure, exactly. Sure. So, all of these were factors, plus, you know, taking care of the children all by herself. And now she's got a baby. There, yeah. there could even be postpartum a depression. This poor woman without anyone close, not a sister, not an aunt, who says, I'm concerned about you. So there's no support system. For Mary, whereas he's got this huge support system, right. he's and very popular. Money from the government is That's funding this big trip, right. That's but he right. had nothing but problems mm-hmm. and losses and and disease. And some of those great experts that set off soon died of malaria, mm-hmm. and it was just a really difficult trying to make a go of this big expedition. So finally, the supplies they need, everything is to get a restart. Um, All happens in February of 1862. And when the supplies show up, so does Mary. Mm -hmm. She's found a way to get on that supply ship and get to him. And they are so happy to be together after another four years of separation. He wrote in his journal... In private, there was more than what would be thought by some, a decorous amount of merriment and play. Mm. And I said to her, we old bodies ought now to be more sober and not to play so much. 
Oh, no, said she. You must always be as playful as you have always been. Mm, that's so precious. Isn't that sweet? Mm-hmm. And four days later, she died of mm. malaria. Mm. It just took her under quickly. He buried her under a huge baobab tree near the, the river. And this was, I believe they were at the Delta. I don't remember where they were at that part for the... This is still before he discovered um, Victoria Falls, right. too. I believe so. Mm-hmm. I believe so. But um, Because I think this one post-Mary is when he makes the discovery. Yeah, because he lived 11 more years and did nothing mm-hmm. but exploration. Mm-hmm. So um, this is from his journal. My dear, dear Mary has been this evening a fortnight in heaven, mm. absent from the body, present with the Lord, to be with Christ is far better. I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also, to behold his glory. And then he wrote, For the first time in my life, I feel willing to die. Mm. So you can tell that there was just this close bond. bond between them, even though what an unusual life they had. So... In one of her journals that survived after she had passed, um, and everyone that, that wrote about her or gave eulogies about her said that um, she was a person who her personal goal was to be useful. Mm-hmm. And she had won the undying respect of all Africans with whom she lived and worked. She was considered kind, gentle, and self-effacing. And then they read uh, this prayer that was found in her belongings and it was, accept me, Lord, as I am, and make me such as thou wouldst have me to be. Wow. Very simple, but that mm-hmm. seemed to be at the core of who she was. Mm-hmm. So now let me tell you about her children. There were six children, five survived. Tom, who was the firstborn, had precarious health since birth. He went on to work in Egypt, and he died at the age of 27. Mm. The second was a girl, Agnes, and apparently she was Livingston's favorite. <laughs> she, it, it, he wrote about her that way. Um, she married a Scottish businessman and died in Scotland at age 65. Mm-hmm. Now, Robert, the third one, was the problem child. Mm. He ran away from school when he was in England during one of those trips back. He ended up in America, and he was impressed into the Union Army. Mm. He then died a prisoner at a Confederate uh, prison, prisoner war camp, and he was 18 mm. when he died. His last letter to his father before he died said that he changed his last name so as not to disgrace his famous father. Wow. And that he had never hurt anyone to his knowledge because he always fired high. No. It's just heartbreaking. No. And yet he was fighting for the cause of the abolition yes, of slavery. Again, so, again. right. I think his father would have been proud. Yes. And then Oswell mm-hmm. was the next son. He studied medicine and practiced in Trinidad and died at age 41. Mm. Uh, again, Trinidad, mm-hmm. what a hot spot of exactly. slavery and right. his training to have that compassion and go as a doctor. So then Anna Mary, um, she married a Scottish wool merchant and died at the age of 81 in Scotland. Now, as I said, Livingston lived another 11 years, um, dying 
in Africa while still on an exploration. He was 60 years old. But uh, as we began this whole story of, of Mary, it was with um, Henry Stanley, the newspaper man who was paid lots of money and hoped to have his claim to fame by finding Dr. Livingston in the deep, dark, mysterious heart of Africa, which he did. Um, it, it took Stanley um, eight months. He had 200 men, and they went 700 miles. That's how deep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Into the interior. Happy mm-hmm. as can be. Yes. Content. This is the people I want to be with, always exploring. And um, when Livingston died, um, his heart was buried under a tree in Africa by mm. his longtime and faithful attendants at his request. My heart will always be in Africa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then those faithful attendants wrapped his embalmed body in bark and sailcloth and carried him where he's buried in London at mm-hmm. Westminster Abbey. That's right. I've seen that uh, that gravestone. Well, that's it for Mary Moffat. Fascinating. I'm so glad you brought her. I am too. Us. I'm so glad we can meet her. Right. And they need to join us next week, listeners, for another fascinating woman. That's right. Thank you for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. For more information on Robin, visit RobinGunn.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. Join us each week for a lively conversation as we explore the lives of well-known and not so well-known historical and contemporary Christian women. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at wwk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones Gunn. Women Worth Knowing is a production of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa.